Welcome to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. The website, this show, and our newsletter all focus on making the science of advanced nutrition and greater overall health accessible to everyone. Buckle up for our latest episode to get ideas, tools, and practical knowledge you can use to improve your health and move towards your perfect version of ultimate wellness. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast shares interviews with nutrition experts, health researchers, and everyday people that have changed their lifestyle and nutrition to support greater health. You'll learn how to implement lasting change and create new habits that support greater wellness and a happier, healthier life. Please visit healnourishgrowpodcast.com for full show notes and links to our guests. Yug Varma, PhD, is the co-founder and CEO of Phyla, the world's most advanced probiotic acne system. He has over 10 years of microbiome research experience, including an extensive background in bioorganic chemistry, microbiology, and synthetic biology. Dr. Varma received his scientific training at several distinguished academic institutions, including Johns Hopkins University and University of California, San Francisco. His scientific work has been published in many prestigious journals, including Nature. Dr. Varma's mission is to change the way we treat chronic bacterial diseases and is working tirelessly to achieve this goal with a microbiome-based technology platform. He is passionate about promoting scientific literacy and devotes a significant amount of time to demystifying microbiome research and making the latest research accessible to the general public. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. Today, I am joined by Yug Varma, and we are going to be talking about all things microbiome. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm just going to have him share with you a little bit how he got into this work and how how in the world you've become interested in such a, a very niche uh, thing, but it is becoming more popular right now. So I'd love to hear how you started. Hey, Cheryl. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Yug. Um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Phyla, and um, I am a scientist by training. So um, I, I got my PhD at Johns Hopkins uh, many years ago. Um, I did a postdoc after that at UCSF. And after that, I started this company. Um, and it was at UCSF that I started uh, sort of studying the microbiome. So I've been studying the microbiome now for about 11 or 12 years. Um, and, you know, even before that, kind of my big impetus of starting this company, you know, continuing on this mission has been um, sort of a, a real dedication to the technology that underpins our products. Uh, and that is bacteriophage or phage technology. And, and you know, we'll, we'll go into it over the podcast. Um, but essentially it's this, you know, 100-year-old, biotechnology. It's one of the oldest biotechnologies that we know of. And um, it has, you know, saved lives in the past. It has kind of a fascinating political history. But, you know, when I first heard about it in, in grad school, you know, my question was, why isn't this a thing? Uh, why isn't this in products? And, and really, there are no uh, products of note in, in the West that have phages in them. So my personal mission has been to kind of evangelize and promote and, and, and build products with this technology. Um, but, but really how our company came together was my co-founder Maria, um, who I met through a, a entrepreneur message board. Um, you know, she's a, a biotech executive and um, she's suffered from acne her whole adult life. 
So, you know, since she was a teenager, she tried multiple rounds of Accutane, which is the strongest drug for acne there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tried three rounds um, and it didn't give her, you know, relief. She still had acne. Uh, unfortunately, what it did give her was uh, liver damage. And so she had to have a restricted diet even to this day. Um, and, you know, when she heard about the mission that I was on and, and the application, which was acne, um, it was just incredibly powerful for her, not just from like, I'm a biotech executive, I understand the the significance of this. But personally, she found something that she was looking for her whole adult life, which was a solution for her problems. Um, and you know, having done the research, coming out on the other end with a product, it was really rewarding to see that we're the solution, not just for her, but, you know, tens of thousands of people like her uh, that have tried everything under the sun, um, are frustrated. I mean, if you're a parent, you're kind of disappointed that the the solutions you're trying to give your kid are the same solutions that existed when you were a kid and and nothing's changed and it's the same awful stuff you have to put on your face and bear the dryness and the inflammation and all that so that that's kind of our mission is to really change the way we look at and treat some of these chronic conditions like acne eczema and so on obviously right now we're focused on acne but um you know that that's kind of where we are right now Awesome. And I, and I love that this has such a practical application because that's quite often how the best companies come about is either finding a new technology. You mentioned that this technology has been around for a while, yet there's nobody's really been utilizing it. And then the second thing about having a very practical problem and something that, you know, millions of people worldwide experience and that you're able to help with that. So I just think that that's really cool. But before we get more into that stuff, I would love to hear, so most people, especially if you're familiar with this podcast, you know, we're very focused on what we eat here, nutrition, all that. And a lot of people, it's very trendy right now to talk about the gut microbiome. But what most people might not realize is that multiple areas of your body have their own microbiome. So maybe this would be a good uh, point to explain how does the skin microbiome, you know, differ from the gut microbiome? How are they the same? And how did people ever even discover that we had such a thing? Yeah, I mean, I think those are great questions and a foundational way to kind of start the discussion. Um, I always like to start from this point. No one knows or truly appreciates that we have an invisible rainforest on our skin, all right? Now this rainforest is invisible because its trees are made up of microbes, bacteria, viruses, fungi. And together this community of microorganisms that live on our skin is is called a microbiome. Now, just like a rainforest, when we're healthy, our skin microbiome is diverse, it's resilient, um, and it kind of supports each other. But often when we have a bad, you know, chronic, a bacterial disease like acne, a bad bacteria, a single, you know, bad actor, a bad bacteria will come in, invade, overgrow, and disrupt this balance. And so when we go out of balance, our our skin, our body responds to that by sending inflammation, sending pimples, and that's really what acne is. So to go from acne back to a state of health, we need to redress that balance, right? We need to set it right again. And so just like with your gut, it is important to maintain and and tend to that balance in our system. Um, And and just as you said, um, you know, our gut has a microbiome because there's bacteria living there. Uh, Our skin has a microbiome. Our our oral microbiome exists too, where in our mouth, 
Um, and, and we're quite aware of this, right? Um, obviously, things like bad breath or poor dental health um, is, is intimately tied to it. But now, I mean, for example, um, uh, your heart health is important because you're, of your oral microbiome. Um, and, and the way that works is if you have like a major heart surgery, they actually, the night before they give you a mouthwash that kills all the bacteria in your, because um, the bacteria that you're swallowing could find its way into the heart. Um, now there's a very intriguing hypothesis that Alzheimer's could be caused by uh, bad bacteria in your mouth. Um, and, and so again, you know, we're diverging from the skin a little bit, but what I'm trying to say is that there are all these parts of our body that harbor bacteria that we either didn't know about or, or underappreciated that are now coming into focus. Um, and, and really the power of our technology and our company is that we're able to take advantages of, of, of if these insights of, oh, this is causing the disease. We know it, it's a bacteria um, and, and we can heal that in a way that you know, no other solution can. And one of the things that it made me think of when you were describing this, and I, I love the rainforest analogy for, for thinking of your skin microbiome, is, is finding that balance. And one of the things that I had read about recently, uh, because I guess people are starting to become a little bit more aware of this, and the person was talking about um, giving up giving up like washing with soap or something like they still rinse, I think rinse with water, but they're talking about, and it's almost like, um, you might've heard like there's this trend for people with hair too, to go off a of shampoo and just rinse and kind of let, uh, the skin and the hair nat balance itself naturally with the oils and stuff like that. So all of this leading up to say, to ask a question about, do you, first of all, how, how does that affect somebody who knows the microbiome, the skin microbiome intimately? Like, is that a good idea? Or would you recommend something else? And then how does what you're working on create that balance if it's not, you know, stripping the skin or cleansing the skin? I guess it's kind of a, I don't know if you can see where I'm getting with this, but it's like kind of a weird combination of things because we've just always been taught to use soap and, and to do all those things that would actually disturb the microbiome. So I'm just curious to hear your take on all of that. If you've been around my content for a while, you know that one of my favorite things is making and eating gourmet food and pairing it with wine. You might think you can't enjoy wine though while trying to lose weight or stay in ketosis. And if you're drinking traditional wine, you might be right. So many wines are mass produced and full of sugar and other garbage additives that can wreak havoc on your health goals and just make you feel bad. Fortunately, I discovered Dry Farm Wines. I've been drinking their wine for years now and I love this company. They individually test small batch wines produced by vintners that are committed to the practice of dry farm production. Some of my favorites have been the Blancfrancish variety from Austria and all of the wines from the Loire Valley in France. Dry farm wines are free from excess sulfites and mold that can cause adverse reactions and hangovers. With no added sugar, each wine is tested to be under one gram of sugar in the entire bottle. Yep, you just heard that right. There's less than one carb in the whole bottle of wine. They're also slightly lower alcohol, which means you can enjoy a delicious wine pairing at dinner any given night and not end up with a hangover. You can receive an extra bottle for just a penny with your first order by visiting dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. I'd love to hear what your favorite wine is after you try it and be sure to tag me on social with pictures of your wine and delicious dinners. Again, that bottle of wine for a penny is at dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. Yeah, look, um, I think it's an in incredibly important question. Um, and it's a question that 
you know, if your listeners aren't asking themselves, they probably should be. Um, so things like, you know, personal hygiene, washing with soap, washing uh, your hair, um, we are used to a certain cadence, right? Um, and yeah, you know, different people are, are completely different. Some people have body odor issues and need to shower a lot. Um, and some people are like, well, you know, it's not body odor issue. It's just, I feel cleaner. Okay, fair enough. Um, one thing to note is, you know, just let's, let's consider shampoo. Um, in the seventies, um, you know, shampoo was marketed as, you know, shampoo once a week. It's, it's healthy. If you shampoo your hair once a week on the weekends or maybe twice a week. Now it's like you, have, you shampoo and condition every single day. Right. And it's, it's a similar trend with stuff where, you know, again, 30, 40 years ago, it was, oh, you have a moisturizing cream, you have a cleanser, you probably, that's it, right? Now it's like a 15 step routine and, uh, <laughs> you know, something for your eyes, something for your chin, something for the left side of the cheek, something for the <laughs> nose. I mean, it's proliferated and a lot of it is obviously driven by just consumerism. But um, I think that, so your speaking from sort of the body's point of view, your body is a homeostatic system, right? So your body is trying to keep a certain balance. And if you wash over and over again and overwash and you're stripping the oils from your skin, your body will say, oh, my body needs, the, the skin needs oil. And the environment that I'm in, the oils keep stripping away. So I'm going to pump up the production. I'm going to produce and produce and produce. So the result is when you stop showering or you stop overwashing, what you notice is that your skin is slick with oil because your body's just, you know, trying to stay up. No one told it that you're going to stop on a Monday, right? <laughs> but then, and, and for the next few weeks, you're going to see your skin be over oily. But after a few weeks, your skin calms down because it says, oh, wait, wait, I think I'm producing too much oil. This has been going on for a few weeks. I'm going to pull back. And so your body is now, you know, uh, adjusting to a new normal. And as a result, over time, you'll notice that, you know, some people say, oh, my skin was really oily. That's why I was overwashing. Well, ironically, as you wash less, your body produces less oil over time. And when it stabilizes, your, your body's in a different place. And, you know, it's, it's doing a lot more stuff by itself. It, you're, you're creating skin health on its own without over-reliance on other products. Now, you might think that, oh, those two are the same thing, right? You're either relying on products to stay healthy or you're doing it well it, or by yourself. You know, your, your body's just generating it by itself. They're not exactly equivalent. And there was a study that showed that the modern woman puts about 500 skincare ingredients on her skin every day. 500. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and wager that not every single one of those 500 ingredients is absolutely essential. <laughs> and so, um, you, you know, thinking from it again, from the skin's point of view, you're burdening, you're choking, you're clogging your skin with all of these ingredients and your skin has to kind of deal with that burden every day. Um, and you have to think about what happens to your skin after decades of this kind of treatment. So, you know, there's my personal advocacy, but, but even at Philo, we ad, we advocate for like a minimalist concept of make your skin healthy, but don't make it reliant on 
you know, a, a whole suite of products for it to, to need to be healthy because there's a better way. No, that makes a lot of sense. And what came to mind when you were describing that, I was just thinking of, you know, obviously my skin now at nearly 50 is quite different than when I was 18. And fortunately I was not like your friend that had a severe acne problem or anything like that, but I'm seeing this right now in our son who's 18 and, you know, has some, you know, skin stuff like many 18 year olds do. I I'm wondering yeah. the difference between purely skin microbiome and some things that are hormonally driven. Um, if it's hormonally driven, is there any way to still, um, you know, support the skin and being healthier and, and how does that, you know, change over time or for different people? So here's the thing. Um, Acne is a complicated condition, right? Um, and it has many uh, factors that we know of. So hormones, like you said, food, stress, genetics, these are all components that affect acne. But what microbiome research has found is that these are all secondary factors that support a prime cause. And the prime cause is the overgrowth an imbalance caused by one bacterium called C. acnes or QT bacterium acnes. Now, um, C. acnes only um, starts inhabiting our skin in a major way around puberty. That's why, you know, little kids never get acne, right? You never have a five, six-year-old saying, oh, you know, you, they have acne. What happens at puberty is because of your hormonal changes, there's a wholesale change in the structure of your skin, especially on your face, where your pores deepen, the, the oil glands called the sebaceous glands activate and start pumping out um, oil. And this C. acnes, whose main food is the oil that these sebaceous glands produce, is now able to occupy those pores and start growing, right? So that, by the way, is completely natural because every adult on this planet, you, me, you know, everyone probably listening has C. acnes on their skin. So it's not a bad bacterium. It's just that when it goes, when it overgrows, when it grows out of bounds, that's when the skin's immune system is forced to respond with inflammation. And that's the imbalance that we're seeking to redress or, you know, rebalance. So with, in your son's case, you know, his hormones are probably causing an excessive production of sebum. Um, and you know, this could be deep in the pores, this could be at the surface of the skin. So you may or may not be like, oh, obviously your skin is super oily, you have acne. Mm. Um, and, and that's really what's driving the disease. Similarly with food, right? Uh, some, for some, and people have different triggers. So for some people it's spicy food, for some people it's uh, sugar, for some people it's chocolate, but your body responds to certain foods by producing or changing the quality of sebum on your skin and that the bacteria respond to that by chomping on it and overgrowing. So you get acne, uh, stress, obviously you're going to sweat, you're going to, you know, perspire more uh, with stress and that, that leads to more bacterial overgrowth. Um, and, and so, and, and genetically, right? Like I have large pores. Some people have fine pores. Um, you know, you you have oily skin, dry skin, combination skin, all of those things are factors. But, but really what they're funneling to is, is managing the growth of C. acnes on your skin. And if we can do that in a directed way where we're just controlling the C. acnes without killing or hurting the good bacteria on our microbiome, that is the ticket. And so then knowing that, is, is that how you started to develop the products that you're using to 
support uh, skin health by not, you know, uh, I guess protecting the good parts of the microbiome while managing this C. acne bacteria? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, you know, an early insight uh, into kind of our approach was a paper that came out a few years ago where they compared acne microbiomes and healthy microbiomes. And really they were trying to find if there is one or a few things that are different, right? Mm -hmm. So they can say, aha, acne microbiomes have this difference, so that might be a cause. And so the only difference that they found, and, and really the biggest difference was that um, there's a difference in the natural occurrence of this, this organism called phage on the skin. Now, what are phages? Phages are small, tiny microscopic viruses. Uh, they don't really affect our, our cells. Uh, they really go after bacteria. So they're programmed or they're meant, they've evolved to eat bacteria. Um, phages are everywhere. They're in seawater, they're in soil, they're probably on every surface, they're inside of us. And, and billions of phages pass through our systems every day. Um, and our body doesn't really interact with them. Um, but phages are nature's best defense against bacteria and their natural properties that they're incredibly specific. So this study found that the phages that kill C. acne, this dominant bacteria on our face that causes acne, these phages that go after this acne bacteria are only found on healthy skin and not found very often on acne skin at all. Hmm. And so this gives rise to an interesting hypothesis. Uh, you know, we all have our annoying friends who wake up every morning looking amazing, <laughs> never get zits, eat whatever they want, never wash their face, right? <laughs> and they, they, they look great. Well, chances are that they're carrying this organism naturally and they are not uh, doing anything because they don't need to. This phage is naturally keeping the bad bacteria in check. So we decided to democratize this organism, right? We wanted to put this in a bottle so that even if you're not born with it, you can get advantage, the advantage of applying this to your microbiome, adding it, and then um, healing your acne in a natural way. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. We'd also love it if you could post a review on iTunes. It helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's, it may, almost seems too simple. <laughs> so what was your, what was the experience of, I'm assuming your co-founder, she must've been very eager to test this stuff on herself once you finally got this, once you figured this out and this was going to be your approach. So maybe tell me a little bit about how, you know, what happened with that? Like how, how did it, how did it work or how did you find out or did you do other trials basically? Yeah, I mean, when, when it started, when, you know, I was working on in the lab and uh, doing all the research and, you know, we did this, we validated it. We were the first guinea pigs because obviously there's a new technology and our, at the first drop, A, we knew that it's incredibly safe. And the way we know this is because these phages are naturally on people's face. And we know that they're actually on healthy people's face far more often than they are on people with acne. So... The, the correlation with health is undeniable. Um, we, you know, we formulated it. We spent a good amount of time in formulation. Um, and then, yeah, Maria and I were both guinea, the, the first guinea <laughs> pigs. Uh, but we didn't stop there. 
we actually ran a clinical trial to really see for ourselves, collect hard data to look at the impact of phages in an acne setting. Um, and what we found was actually quite remarkable. Um, and you know, this, this is data that's kind of on our website and, and we're working to publish it soon. But uh, essentially we found firstly that this, uh, these phages are safe. They're in fact, they're incredibly safe. There were no side effects uh, from using phage in the trial at all. And you compare that with, you know, redness, dryness, irritation from things like benzoyl peroxide and, and antibiotics. And with retinoids, um, in very painful dryness, um, obviously propensity for liver damage, uh, suicidal ideation, um, uh, birth defects. Uh, I mean, these are all serious, serious side effects. And people are willing, you know, they're so desperate to find a cure that they're willing to kind of um, put up with it. So, so that safety was, was really great. Um, then we found that, you know, when we add the phage to the skin, it actually does significantly reduce the C acnes on the skin. And that might seem trivial. Oh yeah, you can do their test too, but you know, showing it on the skin was, was really important. Uh, the third question we answered was, okay, it's, it's killing the bacteria on the skin, but what do we care about? We care about our acne mm -hmm. going away. So is this causing a significant decrease in acne? And we found that yes, it's just to a statistical significance. We saw a decrease in acne in the, the phage group versus a placebo. And these are all comparing placebo with, you know, really good numbers of data. Um, and, and finally, what we look for is how is this affecting microbiome diversity? Um, what we found is in the placebo group, every single person had either the same microbiome diversity or their diversity decreased. Whereas in our group, every single person ended up with high diversity and their diversity actually increased a lot. Now, why is that important? Um, it is known, you know, going back to the rainforest, a diverse rainforest is a healthy one. Uh, we know that people with acne have a lower diversity than healthy people. Uh, and it is thought that if we can boost this diversity, maybe we can move the needle in acne. The second observation is that uh, throughout the world, you know, acne occurs at roughly 80%, 85% of the population, whether you're in Asia or Africa or Europe or Americas or the Pacific. Well, there are certain pre-contact uh, native tribes uh, like the Yanomami tribe in Brazil where acne is not known to exist. Um, and so these people live in the jungle in harmony with nature. Um, and the biggest difference between their microbiomes and ours or their skin and ours is that their microbiome diversity is off mm. the charts. So high skin microbiome diversity is actually a key indicator of not just oh, I want this acne gone in two weeks because I'm attending a wedding or it's beach season or whatever. It's a key marker of long-term skin health. And really that's our mission. This is so, I'm just, okay, now this is leading to more questions. So if I start using your product to potentially, so like to just equate it to the gut again, uh, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. so maybe the gut's easier because it's not as exposed to like water and things stripping it all the time. But I guess what I'm thinking is, okay, say I use this product for a little while, I improve my skin microbiome, I get a more diverse population happening. Do I have to keep, I guess, feeding it, I guess, to, to keep that up? Or does it have some resiliency over time? Like, hey, you get your skin back healthy again, and then these little um, phages stick around. 
Yeah, I mean, the the end goal is to build a diverse microbiome that stands up for itself and that, that can flourish independently, right? What we are seeing is, at least for several months, you know, up to one to two years, um, it's it's really important to apply this product uh, and apply it regularly. Again, you know, compliance is important. And the reason is that um, the skin microbiome, like many microbiomes, you know, again, is, is kind of a homeostatic system, meaning that it's kind of stuck in a certain gear, right? To get it to a different gear or different makeup, you can just apply, you know, the phage overnight or, or reduce one bacteria one time and then expect the, the community to kind of become a, a, a different mode. And over time, slowly, slowly, your, your microbiome gets used to, oh, this, this bacteria that was overgrowing is not there anymore. Okay, that frees up resources. So I'm going to slowly, slowly grow into it. I'm, you're going to incorporate other, other beneficial organisms and, and build that kind of web of community. Uh, and, and then once it's built, you make it stronger and stronger and stronger. So I guess I don't have a great answer for everybody because everyone's skin is different. And so for some people, we find that, oh, after a, a few months, two to six months, uh, they're like, oh, um, you know, because we, we talk to our customers, we call them up and we, we chat with them and we have focus groups. And sometimes we ask customers who stop using Phyla, oh, did you not like it? They're like, no, it was great. It worked like nothing else. But um, I kind of, um, I'm done with acting, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and whereas other people are like, this is great. I'm never going to stop. Um, and, you know, like I went away for a weekend. I forgot my Phyla serum and I started breaking out. Mm-hmm. So I quickly, you know, uh, we can, we kind of got on the, the wagon and, and I'm fine. So what, what we know from a scientific standpoint is we know that phages stick around on healthy skin for a long time, but they don't stick around on acne skin. And we know that when people apply the phage, uh, especially if they have acne, uh, the phage keeps disappearing. It's not able to persist. It is a living organism, after all. You think, you know, you you think if it engrafts and starts growing, it should be there forever. So we don't know why that is, what the differences are between acne skin and healthy skin that are causing this, but we do know that it exists. And and our hope is, our expectation is, as you build a healthier microbiome over time, it it creates fosters conditions for healthy phage to to stick around. And stay on your skin, so that now we've given you clear skin for. Yeah, and I guess uh, to just to say what to say a little more about that is, it would make sense that based on people's overall health, that you know there might be other confounding factors. There might be other health things that they have going on within their body, within you know with the skin's regenerating itself every twenty eight days. There could be any number of reasons why the body might not support that new microbiome unless you keep putting it on. So probably it's just person dependent, much like our gut microbiome, much like our mouth microbiome. It's, you know, depends on how you take care of it, what you're putting into it, all that stuff, I'm sure. Um, I think it's just pretty exciting though, that you can actually take something like an organism and put it on your skin and that that's actually helping acne. I just think that's pretty amazing. You know how I like to talk about being just 1% better every day? Well, ButcherBox believes in better. For them, better means caring about animals and the planet, treating the planet with respect, and it means improving the lives of animals and the livelihoods of farmers. Their beef is grass-fed and grass-finished, chicken is free-range and organic, turkey is free-range, pork is humanely raised, and salmon and scallops are wild-caught. 
I've been using ButcherBox for a couple of years now, and it was a godsend having such high quality meat delivered to my door during the pandemic. If you're interested in saving money and eating healthier, this is the perfect service for you. Even if you can get back to the grocery store now, the quality and health of ButcherBox meat is far superior to what's in the market. Plus, if you're a bacon lover, I have really good news. You can always get a great deal on your subscription by using my link, but starting June 12th until October 14th, new members can get free bacon for life. That's right. Every box will include a pack of uncured, unbelievably delicious bacon added to every box for the life of your membership. Check my show notes for the link or go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash H-N-G butcher box. Uh, yeah. Any other final thoughts, things that you've learned that have been really surprising? I mean, I think the fact that you're just studying the microbiome is, is really interesting outside of just the product itself, but the, the fact that you made a, a very, uh, very useful product out of it is, is cool. Are you seeing other things as you continue to learn about the microbiome that you think uh, could either help people down the road or ideas for future products that are in this, in this realm, but something totally different? Yeah, I mean, we have many ideas for future products um, and, you know, we're right now focusing on the filer system because, you know, going back to sort of our earlier discussion of what are the products we're using? Are we overwashing? You know, do we need to shampoo every day or every week or, you know, each person is different, obviously, uh, and each person's needs are different. But really what we've done and our ethos and our mindset in, in creating the filer system which is a cleanser, a serum, and a moisturizer, is to give people a really easy, simple, no-brainer kind of option that they can use every single day um, that doesn't have to be overly complex, that fits into their skincare regimen as is. And really something that is meant for acne, which is a chronic condition, right? No one ever said, oh, remember those two, two weeks in eighth grade <laughs> I had acne and then I never had acne again. It's, it takes, you know, you, you suffer for months and years and, and you have to maintain your skin over that time. So it's ironic that all the products that treat acne are very harsh, right? That have benzoyl peroxide or antibiotics or retinoids. They're really harsh on your skin. They dry out your skin. They cause inflammation. Um, and as a result, you can't use that for a long period of time. So most people use it for two to three months. They stop or they have to stop using it even earlier. Um, our products have no side effects and are meant to be used. They're formulated for self-sensitive skin, and they're meant to be used day in and day out for months and years because you have acne for months and years. Um, and so we don't see any benefit in giving you something that's supposed to work for two or three months. You get off of it, your acne comes roaring back, and you're back to square one. Um, and so, you know, looking ahead to other products, we're very careful in designing new products. Um, and the new product only exists if it has a very strong reason to exist. Um, we're not about maxing out our SKUs and, you know, running a business, yeah, those things are important, but for us, the, our customers' outcomes are number one. Um, if our product is doing a great job and, um, you know, that's like full stop, end of sentence, that's great that we call that a huge win. Uh, if, if our customers are clamoring for, Hey, you know, I noticed you have this on your side. It'd be great if you had this other thing. Um, yeah, we were listening. We're considering that. And, and that goes 
you know, that plays a big part in our thought process. But uh, for us, number one is caring about our customer, customer outcomes. How can we get them to not just sort of beat acne for now, but beat acne forever? And so, so those are kind of some of, some of our, our thought processes behind the scenes. And um, yeah, like I said, we're, we have sort of a, a technology platform, a biotech platform behind our products. And um, we see acne as a really, really important indication to provide an alternate approach to. But there are many other uh, indications, right? Like eczema, for example, um, 10 to 15% of kids have it. Um, when it's really bad, it's, it's terrible. And it's not only bad for the kid, it's terrible for the parents because you have usually kids under two that have like full body rashes. Kids aren't sleeping. Obviously parents aren't sleeping. They're distraught. Um, they go to the doctor and the doctor says, um, I can either give your kid a steroid, which as a parent, no, no one wants to give their kids steroids or you put them in a bleach bath. And that frankly sounds medieval. Um, so what are the, the different options? All right, you know, we're working on it. We have a product in um, advanced development and, uh, you know, we're ready to uh, take that wow, next that, step. that would be amazing. And I think that is certainly another good one to work on. So one final question, and then I'll have you uh, just share with everybody where they can find you and all the relevant details. But the final question is, if someone did not have acne, if they have relatively normal skin, is there any benefit to using your products anyway? Like, does it still support the skin microbiome or is it really only useful in the case that somebody does have acne? So um, the great thing about our product is that it, it really is sort of a self-adjusting thing. And that really uh, talks back to kind of the, the biology, the underlying biology that we're using and addressing, right? So in other words, you use our serum, our serum has phages in it. If you don't have uh, low-grade inflammation or full-blown inflammation, which is acne, then the serum is going to be great. It's going to hydrate and moisturize you. It's going to balance your microbiome a little bit, but it's going to be great. If you have low-grade inflammation or acne, it's going to bring that C acne, that major bacteria that's causing the problem under control. And over the weeks and months, you're going to see a huge change. Um, obviously it's going to be gradual at first because your skin is adjusting, you know, your microbiome is in flux, but you are going to see that difference over time. And so a lot of people don't have acne, but they have, you know, uneven skin tone, low grade inflammation. Um, uh, and, and we know that the, the main culprit there is the acne. So okay. and, and how would you characterize, too. or how would you know, for example, that you have some low grade inflammation in your skin if it's not showing itself in an acne form? What would be some other ways that people would know that they might have that? Um, you know, just general sort of redness, puffiness, um, uneven skin tone. I think, you know, those are kind of the um, cosmic puffiness, that's visible what I was symptoms. Um, so fi finally, before we go here, can you please share with everybody where they can get in touch? Are you active on any social channels where they can find the product and any other final thoughts that you want to add? Yeah, absolutely. So we are at, uh, phylobiotics.com. Um, we are selling only to our website for now. Um, and you can go on there, learn more. We have a science section, we have a clinical study section. Um, and, and we think it's really important to 
educate customers, uh, you know, answer their questions or their doubts, or, or really give them a reason to kind of buy into our approach or buy our product, um, because it's important to us. Um, we're on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok now, um, just starting at Philobiotics. And um, yeah, you, you can find us, keep up up to date with us, uh, check for offers or, or education or content. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I'm so excited to learn about this technology. And I think that's important for people for thing something to realize is sometimes, you know, inter inter interview subjects, I'm having trouble talking today, <laughs> interview people on the uh, podcast that are subject matter experts. And quite often they have a company associated with it, but it's, to me, it's not because it's like a product pitch. It's more that you discovered this awesome technology. You're solving a problem that people really have on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, you're making an impact in people's health and people's lives. So I like to say, you know, to me, this is really a very technology-based and a science-based solution that you created, which I personally really appreciate. So I just want to thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and for working on this problem because it's a huge, uh, it's a huge thing and it's, it's very mentally taxing for a lot of people as well. So I think you're doing a wonderful thing with this product. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Really appreciate it. And as we, you know, move forward on our mission, um, you know, we have a large customer base um, and I really do appreciate, you know, they leave reviews on our site. Uh, they, they, they kind of reach out to us um, and awesome. that really floats our boat. So yes, thanks uh, again. Great to Take be care. Here. Thank you for having me. This has been the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. Again, I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. You can find show notes for this episode at healnourishgrowpodcast.com. If you have feedback on today's episode or questions about the content, please email us at podcast at healnourishgrow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our email list at healnourishgrow.com and subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Join us next time for more information that helps you live your best and healthiest life. Thanks for listening. Content on the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast does not constitute medical advice. Content contained in the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. Neither the company nor its owner, Heal, Nourish, Grow, LLC, nor any of the company's employees, agents, or guest speakers provide medical advice. The content provided on Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your medical provider with any questions about what health practices are right for you.